Welcome to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders across our communities and councils to discuss business challenges, opportunities, and strategies for success. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Gary Bixler, and I'm your host for this podcast series that each week brings you a new topic around interesting business of technology thoughts and ideas. Today's topic is brought to you by our advancing tech and talent and diversity community and is very timely and relevant. In fact, it was so relevant that it couldn't be completed in a single podcast, so we'll deliver it in two parts. And what you're going to hear today is actually the second part of this podcast, and it's around the topic of creating a culture for remote workers to thrive. And it's my pleasure to be joined today by Yvette Steele, who manages this community for CompTIA. Welcome, Yvette. Thank you very much. I am happy to be here with you. Well, I'm happy to have you. And uh, before we get into the, the topic today, I wanted to ask you a little bit about one of your passions, and that passion would be writing. And by way of introduction, my daughter has always had a passion for writing. She is definitely the writer in the family, and she's pretty prolific. It seems like she writes nonstop. And now at um, age 28, she's looking to kind of pivot that into a new job that'll allow her to better utilize her writing talent. So I thought I would ask you, Yvette, tell me how you uh, developed your passion for writing and kind of when that came about. You know, it's weird. I It certainly didn't start as a passion, Gary. Um, after college, my mom used to have me write all of her correspondence for her. And the rationale that she gave me was because I was better at it than she was. So, you know, she claimed that my thoughts were clear and concise and that hers were all over the place. So as a mother, I'm thinking that's what she's supposed to say, right? You know, you want to keep your daughter, you know, writing for you. So you're going to keep telling her how great she is at it. Um, but then I kept hearing it over and over from friends and colleagues that I was really good at writing, but it never really rang uh, true to me until a, a good friend and a famous author, uh, at least she's famous in my mind, Connie Briscoe, it didn't I didn't believe that I was good at writing until she said that I was. So it didn't really become a passion for me until uh, CompTIA gave me a platform in which to do my writing. I used to do a lot of doodling and, you know, doing it for work. But in terms of the the expertise that I'm, I'm and the notoriety that I'm getting now um, really comes from, you know, the platform that CompTIA has given me. Um, in writing around diversity, equity, and inclusion as it, as it relates to technology. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting that something that started out to, you know, almost as a chore for you as a, a young person has become uh, something that's so much of a passion. And, you know, certainly today, you know, as we sit here uh, today in June of 2020, you know, our current social events in our world have allowed you to use that writing to share some of your thoughts about how our business, the business of technology can play a key role in helping us all move forward on these uh, key social issues. Talk a little bit about that and how important it is to be able to use this talent in a way that crosses both your professional and your personal life. That's a, um, a, a really good question, uh, Gary, as I, as I think about it. You know, when I think about technology, the industry was built by problem solvers. So from 
internet of technology devices helping healthcare professionals use data to collect better care or, or using the data that they collect to um, to better care for their patients, uh, to webcams on police gear to, you know, protect the public as well as the officer, to instant messaging on social media to stay connected, especially during times of crisis. Tech touches all of us and sometimes in a, in a really profound way. So yeah. I, I personally believe that um, technology has a role in addressing our, you know, these, these really severe challenges from the COVID pandemic to the, you know, this epidemic of violence that we're currently facing. So I, I, I write to put my experiences, my feelings and, and my knowledge out there in support of my passion about helping underrepresented groups enter and thrive in tech careers, while I'm also simultaneously wanting to uh, provide guidance to organizations so that they can you know, cultivate the type of environment where everybody can perform at their best. Um, yes, it's important for underrepresented groups to perform at their best, but the, the, the culture or the staff that you had prior to um, hiring a diverse workforce, we don't want to throw them off of their best game either. So it's important that the culture is set up so that everybody thrives. So my writing gives me an opportunity to you know, share my experiences and my thoughts and, and, and put that message out there. All right. Well, you're doing a great job and we're so proud to have you as part of the team uh, here at CompTIA and uh, be behind you as you, you know, write these things. So let's, uh, let's get into this topic now because it is so timely and important. And I've got just one last question I want to ask you before we kind of uh, get started. You know, clearly there was a trend already happening in our world, even pre-pandemic toward remote work. I mean, that was kind of underway, but COVID has accelerated that trend big time. I'm curious, was this a topic that you kind of already had teed up to discuss or did this really get triggered by the kind of stay at home environment brought on by COVID? I would have to say it was definitely a trigger <laughs> by COVID. Um, okay. COVID completely threw our content calendar right out of the window. Our original plan would have fallen on deaf ears. While it was certainly around advancing tech talent and diversity, it wasn't through the prism of what people really need to hear right now. So working with uh, Delia and Amiel, two CompTIA community members, I'm sorry, two advancing tech talent and diversity members, they're really passionate about diversity, equity, inclusion, and it really just made sense um, in an effort, you know, to reach out to them and uh, to have them work with me to help remote workers and their organizations become aware of the impact of working remotely would have on an employee. There's so much new newness to it for not only the worker, but for managers and for organizations. You need some, you know, some sort of system processes and, and, um, and a knowledge base, if you will, so that you can build a sense of belonging for everybody within the organization in order to do their best work. So as we're listening in on part two of the conversation with Delia and Amiel, I'm really hoping that the audience will walk away with one or two action items that they can implement within their within their daily work and, and leverage this information so that they can maximize the productivity of their teams. Um, 
Dahlia, um, what are your thoughts here? You know, uh, there are such great elements that Amiel has brought up. Uh, for me, when I think about what does inclusive leadership look like, you know, now and going forward, I look at this and say, it looks like me. <laughs> and it looks like me, not just because I'm brown and I'm a woman and I'm in IT and I'm in tech, whatever the case may be. That's not what I mean by when it looks like me. It looks like me by what I do, what I say, and how I proceed going forward. Um, I'll go back to something that I've always brought up is ingrained somewhere, probably there should be a neon sign above my head that says, Delia always says this, but it's because I love it and I believe it and it is me. I believe in substance, not symbolism. And as an inclusive leader, substance is absolutely paramount. I believe that you have to be able to put your guard down, be the authentic persona that you are, and you have to be, again, this is again where I put myself exactly in that place. I am always learning. I am always a learner. I don't believe that there'll be any time in my life when I'm a 95 or 98 year old woman who's sitting on the porch, throwing pebbles at the little kids that walk by just to make myself giggle, <laughs> that, that I have stopped learning, okay? I, have I will never stop learning. So my persona is I'm always learning. And I, even if I am inclusive leadership, I still have areas path that I need to grow, explore, and take a path on. And so for me, I, I need to just not say I'm inclusive leadership. I need to demonstrate that in practice. It should be oozing out of me, if you will, um, and be vulnerable about that. You know, I'll go back to what Amiel said earlier. You know, vulnerability is key here. I'm always learning. I will tell you I am always learning. So teach me. Wow. Teach me what I don't know. And I promise you, not only will I learn it and absorb it, but we collectively will find a way to permeate that and ingrain it in the fabric of what we do and how we do it. Well, I have to say, I am totally loving this and, and truly amazed by, you know, how insightful uh, the advice that you and Amiel are, are sharing. Um, so, you know, what do uh, diversity and inclusive uh, practices look like for remote workers. Let's talk about uh, what key elements might look like. Uh, Delia, you wanna uh, kick that topic off? Sure. Um, when I think of key elements for what a diversity inclusion partnership looks like, a partnership is a word that comes to mind. It is really one, in this particular time, I'll go back to an earlier thought. We talked about hey, we're doing remotely, but we're doing business as usual. No, we're not. So leadership has to provide that foundational ability to change, right? Our mindset has got to be we are entering into uncharted territory. And for remote employees, a diversity and inclusion platform, let's look at what elements we did when we were all in the same office, all right? And then let's look at the elements that can be transferred over transparently when we're remote. Keep the ones that can work, look at 
and ask my teammates, which are all of my remote workers, how is there a way that we can tweak, redesign, incorporate some of those elements that are maybe not as favorable for remote workers? So, you know, key elements are one, really good partnership. Two, it is, I'll go back to my, my definition of inclusion, inclusion, which is engaging all of my participants, my remote workers, my teammates into the conversation um, where their voice is heard, not just listened to. It is considered and fostered to an outcome which is where we get into the results oriented. When you feel included, when you feel considered, you, you actively contribute. And in fact, you start to think more about what ideas you can do to help the organization you're in because you have been invited to eat at the table. I love the way you and Amiel are just building off of each other's thoughts. This is this is awesome. Um, Amiel, do you want to add, add more to that? Uh, um, more to this I, topic? I think that was very well said. And for me, I think when I think about what the key elements are, it has to be creating opportunities for engagement, right? I, one of the things, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, um, that happens when you work in a remote environment is that things become more structured, um, which for my introvert friends out there, they love this. And for my DISC people who um, are my C's and S's, uh, they absolutely love the idea of like structure, right? And we're going to proceed in an orderly fashion through an agenda. Um, that is very important. And I think that that leads to productivity, uh, but it also can change your culture. And so being choiceful in how you structure meetings so that you can accommodate all of the people in your team um, is really, really important. And if, as I think about key elements that I would add to what Dahlia said um, in your platform or program, I think I would literally put space on an agenda for flex, right? Um, have space and time for individuals to contribute uh, what they would like to adjust again. And that doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to happen, but I think it's really important to give people the opportunity to be heard and to share. Um, there's lots of technological ways to do that. Um, blind boxes, all kinds of ways to do contributions. Um, but it's really, really important that when you create a platform, especially for remote workers, that you allow them, that you physically make space, physically make space, on the agenda for them to add contributions of how to make adjustments. Um, because this is new for everyone uh, and people are learning. And that, one of the things that I think is very unique about having a remote workforce is that much more of their substantive lives overlaps with work, right? So when you have people who are in one time and space, um, their parents aren't there, right? And so if you are a, an employee team member who also has responsibility for taking care of their parents, um, now all of a sudden working at home means managing both of those things concurrently, right? Um, and if you're a parent, especially if you're a new parent of a one-year-old who is a very rambunctious young boy, uh, that allows for lots of opportunities for your, your son to contribute to your work. Uh, making space for that, right? Now that may mean 
uh, making adjustments to timing, making adjustments. There's lots of operational things that you can do, but I think that one of the things that has to be included in the platform specifically when you're thinking about remote workers is creating opportunities to flex because what you're asking your team members to do is still be productive in an environment where they have to multitask like never before. Um, and if you want that level of commitment from your team members, I think the only responsible thing to do is to give them the space to share with you how they can get that done. Wow, uh, you both provided some really good points uh, that wouldn't really be that hard to implement um, if you put your mind to it. So uh, that's, that's really good stuff. Um, so here's my, here's my final question. Um, so, you know, working remotely makes it difficult to connect and build relationships, right? Uh, the luxury of, you know, chance chats at the water cooler or a copier just, you know, they simply just don't exist, which, you know, may cause feelings of isolation, uh, which over time can diminish uh, collaboration, morale, and, and a sense of belonging. So one of the ways that uh, my team stays connected is through virtual water cooler chats. Uh, just the team, no managers. We talk about any and everything, no agenda, just the way you would at a water cooler. So uh, what other activities can organizations put in place to help build that sense of connection and belonging? Um, I'm here. Let's, sure. yeah. Um, That's how you start. I I think that one of the things that organizations should really be doing right now, and all of my clients across the board, we've had this conversation on global calls, local calls, you name it. I asked them, who are you? What are the, and the reason that I ask this question is I need my senior leaders, as well as the, the contributors in the organization at all levels to fully understand the identity and the character of the institution, right? And the reason for that is because operationally you're going to change, but you need to know who your true north is. And it's a, it, an opportunity to either redefine, adjust, or clarify what that true north is um, so that you can fully understand and make be choiceful about the adjustments you're going to make to operations. Um, it comes across in lots of ways, but I think that once you've, communicated out and really solidified your identity and the ration and the reason for why you're doing what you're doing. One of the things that you can do is actually create space for your um, team members to organize, right? Um, what that means is give them opportunity to use Zoom for their ERG, BRG meetings, right? Um, also allow people to associate based on uh, ideas or identities and parts of their personality that may not show up at work, right? Um, you have no idea how many people in your organization are pet parents until you get a group together and says, hey, how are you guys thinking about like things like, what do I do with my pet in an environment where we're sheltering in place, right? And this is particularly important when you think about the fact that at least in the US um, and across the globe, we don't have a singular system of how everyone's operating, right? So if you have team members in Texas, Mississippi, and California, as well as Illinois, they're all under different rules. So some places have more strict shelter in place, some have none. And so as a result, their work environments are going to be different and creating space for those people to aggregate 
whether it's all the sheltered in place employees who are under very specific different rules than those who aren't, um, to share that information um, and to create kind of communication streams, I think is important because you need to create, maintain community. Um, so leverage the technologies that you have in your organization to create opportunities for communication um, and create opportunities for people to assemble, right? That's what, like the water cooler example isn't there because everyone's thirsty at the same time. It's people are searching for community and engagement. And so I think you can leverage the technologies that you have, whether it's the you know, online meeting platforms or group chats or, 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 um, to be able to kind of have those experiences, right? We think about all the ways that organizations in a physical way kind of combine their employees. There's alumni groups for different um, educational institutions that people have been a part of. There are social initiatives. There's all the things that the CSR does uh, within an organization. All of those things can still happen, but you can leverage other platforms to be able to do it. So lots more online meeting, um, but again, being flexible and when and how those occur. I think trusting your employees enough to, to and the lawyers, the, the, the lawyers in the room and my, myself included, get a little anxious when you're like, let them use their technology for other reasons. But if you have a Zoom ID and you have family members in other states and this pandemic is affecting them, it's going to affect how they work. So giving them opportunities to use the technology that their companies have to have family reunion meetings, right? Simple stuff where you can still allow people to engage, be themselves and create community, I think is really, really important. Um, but take those company resources, just like you would walls, buildings, computers, lights, floors, um, take those company resources and create space for your employees to commune. Um, that's my advice. Thank you for that. Um, at, and that's a, those are a lot of really good points. Um, Delia, is there anything that, um, that wasn't covered there that you might like to, to add? I'd like to supplement that. Okay. Um, and I think tools are very critically important. So we've gone from a majority of our organizations, whether, whatever, they're, whatever vertical they're in, okay? And whether they're small, medium, large, extra large, whatever the case may be, are typically, when we're remote is when we're on a plane, okay? Or we're going to a meeting, right? That's our idea of remote. Um, some companies have a very robust work from home policy. Some company organizations have a medium, some don't have any. Depending on a lot of reasons play into that, none of them right or wrong, it just is, right? So where I'm going with this is, is we've now gone in our present day from business as usual to I'm in my den eight hours a day, 10 hours a day which I love because that's the reason why I got a den. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? And that's the reason why I have a computer and that's the reason why I have, you know, um, my iPad, you know, on the side so I can have dual screens and all of that. But we need to look at how we utilize these tools. So, so I, am, I, mean, I am supplementing what Amiel was saying in terms of, you know, utilizing tools for not just work within reason, right? There are some boundaries there uh, to, help our employees. So this goes back to my original insight into what I felt inclusion was, right? And when I said earlier, when we first started, you asked me, what is inclusion? And that's 
to reiterate what I said earlier, it's about caring about everyone who comes to work and they represent their entire self, bringing your whole self to work. So as Emil was talking about, the area that we're in right now is, is having a flexibility that, you know, some of us have kids, some of us have pets, which are our kids in a way. Some of us have both. Some of us, you know what I mean? Uh, we just have a lot going on all around our work. So bringing our whole self is bringing that mom, right? That mother of four that I am, right? That woman that I am that doesn't want to look like something the cat dragged in, you know? <laughs> that, you know, but being comfortable because, you know, it's, it's still taking the juggles that we do every day, um, our ability to multitask at the fullest and switching where we do it, right? So when we go and we look at how do we, what, what can organizations do, it's about utilizing the tools and letting us know, because again, we're entering new ground and we're entering it very rapidly as to, hey, it's okay to use your tools like this, right? It's okay to do this. Foster that environment that says we're partnered together, we're doing this together, and then actually meet it. And how you meet it is how you do it, right? But also, ask them. So when we're having those water cooler conversations, we can, we can do that. We can do that remotely. But one of the things that I do is I ask my employees, teammates, because I look at them that we are joined in partnership, is what can we as an organization do for you? All right. So when I ask them for new ideas, I set up a group mailbox and I say, all right, um, when you guys have time, haha, uh -huh. <laughs> um, give me your ideas as to how we can diversify our portfolio of our services and what we do, especially in this um, present day, because we need to change slightly. We need to adjust, right? And when you say, hey, give me your ideas, inclusion is, Send me the ideas, but here's what I want to know, because see, you're smarter than me. I want you to know what your idea is, why you think it would work, and then I want you to tell me why it wouldn't work. Because it's a learning opportunity for you, and it's a good learning opportunity for me, because I get to see what your mindset is. I get to understand the source of this great intelligent being who wants to be a contributor to the organization and feel valued and considered and a deliverer, if you will. And I've got to help you to help me. I like so that. Really driving that home is what can we do to put in place? When you ask your employees for how we can tweak our business because we're now in this different type of environment and, can, and, and um, particular situation, listen to them. But ask them not just for the ideas, Ask them for why they think it would work, why they think it wouldn't work. Because they're gonna think of something you haven't. But you could also work with them to help them understand that maybe their why it wouldn't work isn't, isn't really a, an impediment or there's a slightly different path. So there's lots of learning. Do you know how included you feel? I know I would feel included if Yvette, you and I did this and you taught me something because you're helping me grow and I'm remote. I didn't have to be in the office. We didn't have to be working on a particular project. We were just working and evolving. Evolution is key here. Evolution. That's, that's a great note to, to end this on. So mm -hmm. um, you've both certainly, you know, given our audience 
a lot of helpful information to consider. So uh, why don't we just tie this up if you had an opportunity to just give one nugget of detail, you know, that one thing that uh, wouldn't be overlooked or that shouldn't be overlooked in, in, um, in developing inclusive cultures for remote workers, what would that be? One thing. Uh, let's start with you, Amiel. Sure. Um, I, I would say that when you're thinking uh, about developing these inclusive cultures for remote workers, it's create space, right? Um, so many of the intangible or kind of unplanned benefits of having people in the same space and time uh, happen just from interaction, right? And so what you should do in order to create that inclusive environment is still create space for the interaction. Not just from a business perspective because you'll get better um, business results, but also from a personal and interpersonal perspective because you're still dealing with human beings and those human beings have needs that are across the board in terms of what they need to feel valued, to feel safe, appreciated, and included. And so to do that, I think that everyone who is adjusting to having remote workers, whether you had them and now it's expanded, or if you're foraying into remote work for the first time, is to create space, right? Um, I think that the diaspora of the employees that you have, both in their identities and in their functions, um, create some real unique opportunities for you to have some um, great growth, uh, but also it's things to think about, right? Like, what do you do for an organization where you have contributors who are important, um, but don't have laptops, right? There's a lot of this that I think we think about and kind of normalize. Um, as a part of, this, of our um, you know, work environment. Um, but there's the, the reality is now you're inviting work into people's homes um, and everything that that comes with, good, bad, and ugly, right? And so I think that the way that you make inclusion work for remote workers is that you create space for them to have interactions and to be able to manage that, right? Um, everything from diversity of income, age, all um, who they live with. I mean, there's an entire conversation happening right now um, around, uh, you know, safe home environments, right? There's a whole bunch of presumptions that we take for granted uh, about where and how people live um, that now creates and that now that we're bringing the work environment into that. We have to be really cognizant of it, right? Um, and all of the ways in which you're, you're relying on your team members to adjust, right? And invite their work environment into your home. I think you have to, as an organization, be at least as flexible in return um, by creating space for them. So just like you went and bought office space and laid out and had a plan for how many offices, open office or not, how many windows, computers, phone lines, et cetera. I think you, that it would behoove most organizations to take some time and really think hard about how they're going to create space for their team members um, to execute and perform. Thank you. Uh, Delia, what's your, uh, what's your nugget? My nuggets 
<laughs> Notice I added an right. <laughs> Are really it's if I had to drill it down because there's so much you want to fit in that one nugget, right? Yes. You want it to be nugget, comma, nugget, comma. <laughs> um, um, is be willing to have those courageous conversations and act upon those courageous conversations and dialogues. See, a conversation is a dialogue between two or more people. It's not me talking to you. It's us talking together. So the way I live my life and my, my organization, which is just me, I feel like my company, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure you feel that, that Morpheus for you is it's, it's you, right? Mm -hmm. I am my company. I am me. I am diversity. I am inclusion. I am putting forth myself to help others. So be willing to have and act upon those courageous conversations. My, my mantra that I live my life is exactly the way I live my, my processes and, and my consultancy within my organization. Be willing to envision together. Be willing to evolve together. Be willing to elevate each other together. That's what I leave you with. Love those nuggets. Um, and thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate your, your great, uh, your, your thought leadership. And um, you guys have a good rest of the day. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the CompTIA BizTech podcast. For more information on CompTIA membership, communities, and councils, visit comptia.org slash membership. If you enjoyed this podcast, the greatest compliment you can give us is subscribing, sharing, and liking the broadcast.